Let the Eurovision Song Contest begin! Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Deuce Pile Podcast. That was my William Shatner intro. Um, my name is Jack. This is the lovely Elizabeth Allen, who is going to join me as we wind our way through yet another country at the Eurovision Song Contest. Sup, Liz? Fascinated. <laughs> That's my letter Demoy. Uh, what is this, like a Star Trek Eurovision fanfic crossover? You know, scenario. I, uh, you know, I'd like to give you more, but I cannot give you any more, Captain. She'll <laughs> explode. Great. We've already gotten off on a weird tangent here. Hey, I'm going to pull you back. I'm going to drag oh. you back, kicking and screaming in the other direction. Because, oh, but Captain, there is an enemy vessel approaching from the starboard side. <laughs> so I check Because. Off. I, I'm with you. I knew what it was because it's time for one of the, uh, what's the word for it? The central figures in Eurovision mm. history. One of the most <gasps> long tenured, one of the most exciting, uh, one of the most just fascinating countries at Eurovision. It it's not Corolla. No, it's not Corolla. We're getting closer and closer to Corolla every week. No, the it is The former Yugoslavic for... Republic of Corolla. Not Greece. Not Greece. Not Greece. Not in Greece. As we established last week. No, it's time for Norway. Woo! Finally, the land of fjords, the land of Alexander Ryback and Bobby Sox, the land of Kano, of course, which we will get to eventually. Are you excited? Are you pumped? Oh, my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Have you seen the people of Norway? I am ready to be pumped. Oh, my Lord. Rasmussen uh, <laughs> called me. He was Danish, but all right, we'll go with that anyway. Um, <laughs> Norway have entered the Eurovision Song Contest on 59 occasions. They have only missed three finals, 24 oh. top tens, 11 top fives, three winners, a record 11 last places, Ouch. including three null points. <gasps> but, of course, we will cross those when we get to it. A couple of mixed blessings in there, I think. Safe to say. What can you tell us about Norway, Liz? Oh, my Lord. Okay, favourite bit. This is the bit where I ask you to guess the population of a country and you completely get it wrong and insult Entire continents. Um, <laughs> entire continents. <laughs> can you tell me what is the population of Norway? I think it is somewhere between five and six million people, but I've been wrong before. Oh, I've been wrong before. You can't guess for like, oh, just there's like a million people either way. That's so. That's 5.4 million people. 5.4 million people. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. You should start writing a formal apology letter to Norway. It's 5.3 million people. I'm really good, even if you won't admit it. I'm just very good at guessing this, except Morocco. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, my God. Okay, so the first thing that we should address officially, it's the kingdom of Norway. That's right. It's that whole the kingdom of. If I was Norway, I would be insisting that everybody make sure they give me the kingdom of. <laughs> don't don't skimp on the um pleasantries. I know. I like if I was Norway, I would legit turn into one of those people. It's like, ah, uh, I didn't spend eight years at medical school to become a doctor for you to call me <laughs> Mister. You know, <laughs> I didn't do all this time for you to just call me Norway. I'm the kingdom of Norway. That's right. Yeah, the Kingdom of Norway. So what happened was when Sweden and uh, Norway separated like just over mm. 100 years ago, 110 years ago or whatever it was, they asked if Norway wanted to start their own royal family and the Norwegians were like, yeah, why not? But who are we going to get? We don't want to ask a Swede because then it would just be like we never left Sweden anyway. So they went yeah. and got the brother or cousin of the King of Denmark and was like, you'll do. 
sit on the throne. And he became the king of Norway. And that's oh, pretty much all hot? I know. Was it I hot? It's pretty much that. It's just, it sounds like an excuse, like, or just, we know a hot dude. Yeah. Go from there. <laughs> Jamie Dornan is now the king of Norway. <laughs> Huzzah! I'm suddenly a monarchist. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> oh my God, I'd sit on his throne. I have a theory. <laughs> yes. Do you think the reason that Sweden and Norway separated is because mm-hmm. they kept having like arguments whenever there were like costume parties? They were both like, oh, I want to be the sexy Viking. No, I want to be the sexy Viking. <laughs> Do you, I think that's what caused the actual split. Caused the breakup, yeah. Yeah, everybody just fought over the sexy Viking costume. <laughs> I can't think of another legitimate reason why two countries would separate. It must be that. No. Oh, my God. Like, they both fight for the sexy Viking, like, title. Let's be honest. And then you throw Denmark in as well. Chaos. Chaos. I know. Beautiful, beautiful, sweaty shirts opening. Their bodies glistening from the the battle. Chaos. (sighs) Ah. Where was I? Where um, were you? Where where were we? Uh, um, oh, okay. Um, Do you want to know something that is going to blow your mind? Because it blew my mind. And I was like, what the? Yes. Okay. Norway. Okay. Outside of the Middle East, they are the world's largest producer of oil and natural gas. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, they've got a lot. No, I bet Sweden are actually pretty upset that they handed like off the coast of Scandinavia. I think they are. <laughs> ah, like, if that if that came up in, like, a quiz thing, I would never have said, oh, Norway, clearly. Who knew? Yeah. Um, it's like Norway, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela. They make almost all of the oil. It's crazy. Norway! Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, my God, the other thing about Norway, oh, my God. Okay, they have... I'm trying to think how to describe this. Okay, basically they have the smallest sort of pay differences between the people at the top end of the company and the lower end of the company. Wealth inequality listings, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. They like they they have the smallest gap. Like one they have one of the the smallest like gaps in the world. You guys can't see this, but Liz is currently I'm doing little duck hands little towards each other, like sh- to trying to show a little gap. But how it, it really doesn't are. it doesn't travel very That's well across gaps. an audio only medium. Maybe we need well, to take this to YouTube. That, oh, people can feel my little gaps. They can feel can my you little feel duck hands. <laughs> <laughs> you feel my little ducks. Oh my god! Everyone but filled your little gaps before. <laughs> Again, Rasmussen. Um, Again, Danish. <laughs> I don't care what country we talk about. I'm I am ready for Rasmussen. Um, oh my god! Okay, so they have the smallest like little duck gaps in the world. They are also ranked as one of the happiest people. In the world, everyone's fucking happy in Norway. Everyone's happy. Okay. And they have one of the lowest crime rates in the world. Oh, my God. Who knew when you actually pay people livable wages so they can afford to actually feed themselves, clothe their families and actually have a knife? People are People are happy and they don't do drugs and they don't need to commit crimes to support their drug habits and everybody lives in peace and it's beautiful and you take your shirts off and you like rub up against each other. And <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place, man. It's a beautiful place. Oh, she's gone. Oh We've lost her. Um, where was I? It is a gorgeous, gorgeous place. Oh, oh, oh. It's ironic that you say gorgeous. It's ironic that you because it was actually used as a hellscape land, okay? Yeah. Norway and its glaciers were actually used as the setting for the ice planet Hoth in the film Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. So you know when no Luke way. Yes! You know when Luke is all like eh, and he finds him and then Han's gotta like eh, cut open the um. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the, rah, I feel really bad. I'm such a bad nerd. I've forgotten its name. The tent. The the Tothian Hoth Hoth 
The thing, like the giant, like kangaroo ram thing that they ride on. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. What are they called? Chewbacca? No. It's not. It's not important. Look, keep rolling along. We've only got an hour. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, so Norway was actually used as the ice planet Hoth and the Empire Strikes Back. How cool is that? That is so unexpected. I just figured it was a soundstage. But, of course, it's a real place. Of course. What am I talking about? I know. I know. I'm spewing because I've always wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. And so far, Norway is knocking off my bucket list. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to get your entire life lived before you even get it started. (laughs) Damn you, Norway! And I feel (sighs) like Damn You, Norway is the perfect place to start our episode. So we are going to pick up at their (laughs) debut in 1960, it was Nora Brockstedt with the song Voy Voy, which translates to Hey Hey, and she finished fourth, which compared to some other countries is a bloody good debut at the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lithuania. Um, yes. Yeah. So four points from Switzerland, two points from Denmark, and ones from Austria, France, the Netherlands, and the UK. It's always funny to me when songs finish fourth and get like less points than the UK gets now. Well, not not in 2021, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they get like no points, yeah. but they still finish fourth. It's just a culture shock to me. Quote, I once heard a Sami song and it went something like this. Uh, Show your culture is a suggestion Norway has taken to heart from day one. I think we can agree. What did you think of this song? Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, and the other thing is, of course, the title of this song, um, the Voi Voi, it's in the traditional Sami language. Uh, one of the traditional mm-hmm. peoples um, of Norway. I think this is amazing. But you know what the sad thing is? Sami would not be heard again at the contest for another 20 years until 1980. I don't think that's sad because I think they were really onto something here. Like, I love it. Her little yeah. outfit has got that little touch of, like, Sami. They started off embracing it and then just poof. Away it went for 20 years. I agree. I feel like they probably shot themselves in the foot by not showcasing it because people clearly, clearly react very strongly to the traditional Sami elements at Eurovision. We saw it in 2019. We saw it here. You know, like there's there's an element that people love about it. If you lean in on your culture, like Rasmussen did with the Viking yeah. stuff, I mean, I mean, and that's not to that's not to dwindle Danish culture down to hey, you were a Viking a thousand years ago, but it helps. It helps. It does pretty good <laughs> it does for help. you. Anyway, it helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god. So yeah. Oh my god. Look, this song is sixties fun. She's having fun. Oh my god. Her outfit fun. There's there's no other word but fun for this. Like, oh my god, get on board, have a good time. My only regret is that every song wasn't like this for the next twenty years. <laughs> I actually thought this one was cute. I didn't find it all that catchy, but I thought it was cute. I absolutely loved her energy and I loved her snow style outfit. I think yeah. they captured that one. It was a very decent debut. Coming forth. Being very, this is who we are. I always love that in a Eurovision entry. So I've given Song of Four, Performance and Fashion Fives for a 14. I, I was a little bit more excited uh, by the Sami references. You know me. I love I love that bit of traditional. Um, you do. Song Six, Performance Six, Fashion of Seven. Love it. Ooh. 19 from you, 33 from the pair of us, which brings us on to 1961. And would you believe it? It's Nora Brockstead again, this time with the song Soma i Palma, which is summer in Palma. Swedish, Norwegian, Danish. They're not that hard to differentiate from English. You know what I mean? Soma e Palma. Soma in Palma. Anyway, um, Palma, I found out, is on the island of Mallorca. So do with that what you will. Uh, She finished seventh this time. If you're going to have one crack at Eurovision, why not have two? It's about a romance in Mallorca that flourishes despite the language barrier because she, quote, understands the looks he's sending. Five from Belgium, two from Finland, and one's from Denmark, Spain, and Yugoslavia. What did you think? Uh, You know what? I think they obviously thought that because last year's, you know, fun song did so well, then obviously they should totally abandon that and do a kind of somber (laughs) snore fest. Um, You know, just total opposite of last year. 
I found this to be a snore fest. Like, I was so excited by 1960 and then mm. 1961 happened. And I'm like, well, that didn't last very long. Um, I was not caught up in this. Yeah, it's kind of like Norway showed up the year before and were like, we've never heard of Eurovision. What do you guys do here? This is what we're sending. And then the next year they were like, oh, you guys send these big chanson style ballads? Okay, we'll do that too. And it was just like mm, a little bit generic. That said... I actually preferred this one to 1960. Definitely. No! Um, I kind of did. It was less upbeat, but it was good. Lovely, nice dress. Huge gloves. I mean, she's got to go deliver a baby cow after this with those gloves. I gave it straight fives for a 15. Oh, my God. Why do you hate fun? Why do you hate fun? I don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I may I be gay, this- but I'm still a white man at the end of the day. That's why I hate fun. <laughs> uh, song four, performance 4.5, fashion of five. For a 13.5, which means it didn't get a pass this time. A 28.5 between the pair of us. That takes us to 1962. Inge Jacobson with Komsol Komren. Come sun, come rain. Like I said, it's not that hard to translate these ones. She finished 10. I was going to say, I kind of feel like you and I could just fly to Norway now, okay, and get drunk Mm -hmm. and stagger about and still kind of like end up (laughs) where we're supposed to go and be okay. Yes. Oh, definitely. With that low crime rate and the fact that everyone pretty much speaks English anyway. (laughs) We're in, baby. Everything is so kinder, but not. I think we could just kinda eh I think we could get away with it. We could stumble our way through, I reckon, yeah. I, yeah. Let's give it a shot. Look, I'm happy to try. I'm happy to go to Norway for you. Let's Anything give it a whirl. Um this one translates to come sun or come rain, I will always be happy with you. Two from France. Oh, that was it. Um I guess Nora was busy this year. Mm. Um look, I would have preferred um my personal song come rusen come make me happy all year round um <laughs> look you know what, what I, listening to this song it feels like there is a lot of talking in this song and not enough singing um which really just shits me um look there are some good bits at the start but then just eh, they're like no we've got to stop this fun from happening it just uh, i don't know they kind of had an idea and then were afraid to go with it. I kind of thought it was this great big band number, great presence, but it does it does start getting hard in this era to separate all of these chansons. And we say this yeah. every time we end up in the 50s and 60s. They just dominated and they all feel very similar. Um, I, I do love her dress a lot, uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was bad at all. I, I'm... <laughs> I don't need people to show up in snowshoes just to pass a song, Elizabeth. So I've given song oh, six, do. performance six, fashion a seven for a 19. You're on crack. Um, I gave the song a 3.5, the performance for the fashion a five. But do you want to know something weird about this song? You know, how, like you were talking earlier about the points and how different it was, you know, back then where there's like five countries and five points compared to now where it's a million points for a million countries. Um, At the close of voting, this song had only received two points, but somehow still managed to come 10th in a field (laughs) of 16. If If anyone is wondering how does that happen, Bear in mind, four entries received null point. So, and then basically there's a couple of people who had one point and there she is rocketing up the charts with two points to come 10th. Can you imagine? One of their top 10 results came off the back of literally two points (laughs) from one country. Oh, crazy. my God. That being said... The UK is sitting around just like touching itself, <laughs> dreaming of getting two points. Oh, God, it's so true. It's so true. You know, by the way, um, I don't know when you guys out there are listening to this. It could be 2023. But as of right now, the UK has not confirmed it's attending Eurovision 2022 after the Nord-Pois last year or this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. 31.5 between the pair of us. So it has passed, which uh-huh. brings us up to 1963. 
Anita Thalog with Sol Verve Solstice. She finished last. She got a null point, the first last place and the first null point for Norway. It entered into the Norwegian final being sung by Nora Brockstedt. But she didn't have the time to go to London, which makes my earlier joke from last year about her just like, oh, I guess Nora was busy. And then it turned out the very next year, Nora actually was too busy to go to Eurovision. Very prescient of me. I'm proud of that one. Um, Quote, the coming of the winter solstice reminds me spring will soon be here and our love shall blossom again. Also, can I play this right for Mm. you? Controversy, controversy, controversy. A little bit of controversy. This is the year Norway allegedly changed their votes (gasps) to make sure Denmark won Eurovision. (coughs) Oh, I'm I'm joking. I am like, I withdrew so much (laughs) breath from shock. They did what? How how did they do that? How do you, how do you? Explain it to me, Jack. What did they do? So this is back in the day where they used to get on the phone line and dial each other up and just talk Mm -hmm. to a very, very always seemingly unprepared jury of like Mm -hmm. six people in a back room, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they called Norway and Norway started giving out their points and then went, oh, hang on, just call us back in a little bit. And Switzerland was in the lead over Denmark at that point. Uh So when they called Norway back... They were like, blah, 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 and all of their points had changed just out of nowhere. And they were like, oh, no, we re- we recounted, we recalculated. But suddenly Denmark's in front and Denmark wins the Eurovision Song Contest. Allegations Ooh. go flying. I'm one to believe that the Norwegians just didn't have their shit together that year. Like they got a null point and then they forgot how to score <laughs> the other entries. <laughs> We've it's seen probably it more likely. Yeah. yeah, don't ascribe to malice what could easily be ascribed to stupidity. What's, <laughs> what's in it for Norway to make uh, Denmark the winners of Eurovision? Like, what's in it for Norway? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where the allegation came from. It doesn't make much sense to me, but the allegation was there. Ooh. We'll never know. We'll never know for sure. Well, we could know, like, if someone actually came forward. Like, That's true. If anyone out there listening was on mm. the Norwegian jury in 1963, hit us up on Instagram. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. But not to get too sidetracked, what did you think of the song? We are happy to pay for those phone charges for <laughs> that interview, by the way. Yeah, we'll do it. We yeah. want the exclusive. We want the exclusive. We'll send you a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's it, it's simple, but it's generic. It doesn't offend, but I wouldn't I wouldn't seek it out in any way, shape, or form. Like it's fine playing in the elevator. Um, I just gave it threes across the board. Yeah. For nine from you, I definitely don't think it deserved a null point. Um, but it is a bit uninspired. It's a tad uneventful. Lovely voice, bewildering dress. I don't know how they built that thing, um, but <laughs> there was some welding involved, I believe. <laughs> Song three, performance three, fashion a four. For a mm. ten, not not the best. Imagine what they what it would have been if bloody Nora hadn't hadn't you know had a dental appointment that day. Could have been so much more. Who's too busy for Eurovision? What could you possibly be doing unless it's like heart surgery? That's more important than Eurovision. What is what is more important than Eurovision? What is bigger in the world unless you're playing for the World Cup? I I think I've actually written down here that Anita was performing open heart surgery at the time. So yeah, that would wow. be why she wasn't able to make it to the yeah. Yeah. I can 19 <laughs> from us. Well, no, I was going to say, like, if your doctor's like, you literally have to have this surgery now or you'll die. I'd be like, oh, yeah. can you just put a stint in till after the contest? <laughs> like, make it happen, all right? Give me, like, six more hours and then you yes, can just, just, like, scalpel me as my song ends. Just do what you get want. Get prepped. Like, oh, my God. Now, 1964. Anna Benedictson with the song Spiral finished eighth. If Norway hadn't gone and changed their votes in 1963, we might have had footage of the 1964 contest <laughs> because, as we all remember, yeah. the Danes lost the footage. Five from Denmark, one from Finland. It's a song about feelings of goodwill. What did you think? Oh, my Lord. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Arnie. Apparently, according to Wikipedia, is the father of pop music in Norway. What? 
<laughs> and I just read it and I don't know why I'm like, that's just kind of uncool. Like it's cool to be like the godfather of soul. You're like, yeah, like kick it, James Brown. Wow. It's like, but when you're the father of pop music, it's kind of like you kept showing up and you were telling pop music to turn it down and <laughs> to be like, back by 11, <laughs> pull your skirt down. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Which and then my thoughts were backed up uh, by the knowledge that after this he went on to produce a children's cassette um, with songs from characters from Disney, um, and all these characters were singing about living in Duckburg. So I think it was a lot of Donald Duck and his relatives. Right? Um, would you know? Duckburg actually got a he got a like a follow up a part two cassette. <laughs> Who knew the sequel? Yeah, exactly. So you know what? Who that's knew? exactly that's exactly what I expect from the father of pop. Um, with that being said, <laughs> like there's no footage, but you know this is just light hearted fun. He seemed like he was having fun. Um, song five point five, performance uh, five, fashion a six. 16.5 from you, which is a pass. Yes, this is a catchy little tune. You've kind of uh-huh. summed up my feelings exactly. Catchy little tune, swinging little number, upbeat, positive. I really enjoyed this one. I went out of my way to Google his outfit because from the little like photo that they put with the song, I was like, ooh, what's he wearing? Looks good. So we got a seven for fashion, song seven, performance five for nice. a 19 from me, plus your 16.5 is a 35. Point five. You know, this podcast has taught me basic arithmetic. <laughs> I haven't mastered it. Yeah. Oh, no, God, no. You haven't mastered it. Oh, my God. It's taught me to look up the Duckburg cassettes. <laughs> They're in the mail, my sweet. Now, 1965, Kirsty Sparbo with Carousel or Carousel. Uh, she finished 13th. It's a song about carousel boarding protocols. <laughs> That's... The most I could figure out about it. One point, <laughs> one point, one solitary point uh. from their friends in Austria. So not Sweden, not Nor- uh, Denmark, not Finland. I don't even know if Finland were there. They were there by then. Um, I love Norway going upbeat, even with such a weird, weird song topic. What did you think? Mm. Yeah, it's one of those where you're like, what? But it kind of sets the precedence because Kirsty would appear... Okay, we don't want to give any like too many spoilers, but no spoilers. How many times will she appear on the Eurovision stage? Oh, Kirsty will make not one, not two, but three oh. appearances on the stage at the Eurovision Song Contest. And how many points will she make for those appearances? Oh, Kirsty will not make a hundred points. She will not earn <gasps> two hundred points. She will oh. earn four points across. All three appearances. Yeah, that that's not four points per performance. Nope, it's that's not. <laughs> in total. In total. <laughs> They're all added together. Yes. We have done no arithmetic on that except a little bit of addition, and that's it. She's still doing better than the UK. But <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It's... What I don't understand, at what point when you keep sending someone and they keep getting between one to zero points, at what point do you think, you know what, might have a look around, find someone else? That would appear to be after the third time, I believe. (laughs) Third time's a charm. We've committed this far. (laughs) Just keep going along. She'll definitely get at least five points. One. Nope, she didn't. All right. Well, let's keep going. What do you think of this entry, though? Start with number one. Oh, my Lord. Look, this is totally forgettable. And to be honest, halfway through it, I forgot I was, like, supposed to be watching it. And I just, like, <laughs> drifted off and started looking out a window. Um, I don't know how long I was, like, looking out that window. But when I sort of, like, came to, the song was definitely over. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go back and listen to it. And I was just like, no, nah, no. Nah. Yeah, you've got better uh, things to do. Yeah, so, uh, but then I kind of went, oh, I've got to give her an extra point because, I don't know, something fabulous could have happened in that second half. <laughs> Bullshit. Um, I just gave it fours across the board. 
for a 12 from you. I, she looks cheery. It's boppy. There are a disproportionate number of camera shots on the orchestra, which should tell you a little bit about how much was going on in the performance. She's dressed like a schoolgirl, which I guess kind of suits the lyrical content. I guess. I don't know. Nothing really makes sense in this to me. It doesn't even last two minutes, though. You get three minutes on the Eurovision stage per year to Mm. showcase your country, Mm. the biggest musical event in the world, and you don't even take up 120 seconds of it. That's, like, weird to me. I'm just... Not a huge fan. Parking of is a killer. You know, it's true. if you, if you it's can true. only get that two minute spot, you can only get that two minute spot, man. Uh, it's true. I'm sorry, I didn't think about the parking uh, restrictions at Eurovision. I didn't hate it though. Song six, performance four, fashion of five for a fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Twenty seven from the pair of us, which means it's time for 1966, which was Orsa Cleveland. With Intet Anit in the Solen, nothing new under the sun. And she finished third. So that's a lot better than getting one point from Austria. Yeah, five from Italy, three from Austria, Spain, and Sweden, and one from Germany. She was the first woman, the first woman to wear trousers on the Eurovision stage. Eurovision's own Catherine Hepburn. What did you think? Oh my lord. Oh, my Lord, this woman is a new powerhouse. I think this woman, why this woman isn't isn't an icon, why we don't have books and movies about this woman, I don't know. Why she wasn't making guest appearances in The Golden Girls, I do <laughs> not know. Oh, my God. Do you want to know some trivia about this lady? Have I ever turned down trivia about Eurovision ladies before? Oh, my Lord. And, of course, oh, from the first woman to wear pants performing at the Eurovision Song Contest. She is fluent in Norwegian, Swedish, Danish, English, French, and Japanese. Japanese? I thought you were going to say Dutch or German. I know. Yeah, just like, just fucking throw in some Japanese (laughs) there. One of the most difficult languages. Whatever. Wow, talk about over-cheering. When she's not learning every freaking language in the world, she went and got a law degree. Oh, good on her! Good on her! You know what she? You know what? You know what? You know what she did when she was sick of getting a law degree? She became the minister of culture for six years. Really, in like the government? Yeah, in <laughs> the government, minister of culture. And you know what she did when that bored her? Do you know what she did? She uh. went and became president of the Swedish Film Institute for seven years. Wow, even longer than she was the minister for culture. Oh, my Lord. She was like, why be the Minister of Culture when you can make culture? She also spent her entire life in promoting the message that both couples in the relationship should do an equal amount of housework. Preach. Preach. Oh, my Lord. This woman is a pioneer. This woman should be on stamps and coins and T-shirts and we should be making movies about her where she goes with space marines into space and kicks aliens' ass in her pants. I love this woman so much. Oh, my Lord. But that being said... (laughs) I knew it. I knew it. No, this is a this is a catchy song, um, you know. Ah, and then just I like it. I think it's a catchy song, um, and then just you know, uh, bam, you know the big band sort of like you know cuts in like it's got real guts to us, and then of course yeah, the camera pulls back at the end to reveal the shocking truth that she had been wearing pants all along. I bet you there were men in the 60s who screamed and fainted when oh, they saw her. Oh my god, I, I I think this would have won if most of the jurors weren't out cold yeah, from shock. If they weren't like... Sheer <gasps> shock and terror, yes. Oh, oh! Like screamed and fainted, cried. <laughs> they were like calling out the studio, threatening to burn it down. Like, I will not. Oh my god! Like, oh my god! Vaginas just weren't meant to be in pants. <laughs> Next, you know, women all want to vote. What they can vote, appalling. 
Yeah, I I much agree. I think this is very different from the other stuff that they've sent to Eurovision. So, so unique from what they'd mm-hmm. sent. And it was rewarded. It didn't win, but it came bloody close and it was well deserved to come this high. Mm-hmm. It is hypnotic. It is wonderfully unique. Her stare is just utterly mesmerizing like she mm-hmm. had me captive the whole time i actually really enjoyed this terrific stuff yep. from norway here in 1966 song seven performance seven fashion and eight for a 22 out of 30 nice well i give the song a six performance seven uh fashion oh sisters doing it for themselves to <laughs> 23 from you, 22 from me, and a 45 from the pair of us, which is tonight's new favourite. But will it hold up? Will it last at number one? We'll find out. Oh, it definitely will. I've just seen who we're talking about next. 1967. (laughs) Kirsty Sparbo is back with the song Dukeman, which means puppet man. She finished 14th. Quote, life is like being a dancing puppet. One point from the Netherlands, one point from Sweden. I want to see this outfit in colour, right? I'm not I'm not going to get too much into the song, but I want to see this outfit in colour. I've literally written the same thing. I've literally written the One same thing. One mind. I love it. Oh, what did you think? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Well, all I could think is about her shiny, like, metallic suit. Like, her shiny metallic pantsuit. Um, the song is okay, but it like it's all about that outfit. I kind of don't give a shit about the song. I'm just like obsessing about her outfit the entire time. Uh, song four point five, performance four point five, fashion a seven. Get on it, girl. It's a sixteen from you, which is a great mm-hmm. score. I definitely prefer this than her first entry. Her first entry was mm-hmm. like testing the waters, and this time she's got a little more confidence. She's got a little more, you know, self assuredness and she's got a few more points to go with it as well, which is always something you strive for at Eurovision. Very melodic. Mm-hmm. She looks fantastic. It is very big band energy. You know that's right up my alley when you see that. I really did enjoy it. Like I wasn't expecting to. I was like, oh, she's back. Ugh. But Prove me wrong. Go, Kirsty. <laughs> Song seven, performance seven, fashion a nine for a 23. 39 from the pair of us, which brings nice. us to 1968. His name is Odd. No, it really is. His name is actually Odd. His name is Odd Burra, uh-huh. and he sang the song Stress, which finished 13th. He got one point from Luxembourg and one point from Spain. We can already kind of see... The trappings of Norway at Eurovision is that they haven't been getting many points, which mm-hmm. might be why they hold the record for most last places in Eurovision finals. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Doesn't matter because this is interesting. The original winner was called Jeg har aldrig vet så glad i nøen som dag by Kirsty Sparbo, but it was withdrawn because there were allegations of plagiarism around the <gasps> song and the song by Cliff Richard called Summer Holiday. We're all going on a summer holiday and if you want a something to something, 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 summer holiday too. Now, on top of that, if you could repeat the name of the Norwegian entry back to me, I would I would like to see it. Scum. Be doopy doopy dump Close enough. This is one of my favorite song meanings of all time. I it doesn't matter any country, any entry, any year, this one is one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorite topics for a Eurovision song. Quote, a song about the stress of a conversation that goes too long and Odd is worried he might miss the last bus home. Relatable. <laughs> Relatable. I know. Oh, uh, uh, they can sing about love and peace and harmony all they want, but none of it is as relatable as missing the last bus home. I know. And you know what is so good? Like in his performance, you actually get that stress yeah. from that, you know, kind of, uh, 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 I gotta go. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, fine. As you try to walk away and they're following you, like, oh, let me give you the thing. I want my yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you know, we you know a little bit of trivia about Odd? Always. Always. Every minute of every day of my life. Turns out 
couldn't handle the stress. Oh. Um, two years later, he retired from singing in 1970 and became an insurance company agent. <laughs> I quit and went into insurance. Later on in life, like I think in the the 2000s, he would come back and start um, doing some music, but pretty much just sat out for 30 years and just sold insurance. Wow, good for him. If it made him happy, yeah. if it got rid of the stress, I'm all for it. Well, you know, he he's not a musician. He doesn't need to catch a bus anymore. He's got that insurance <laughs> <Yeah>. money. <laughs> Company car and all that. Company car. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Look. This is one of those crazy 60s songs with its sort of, you know, swinging beat. Um, Oh, my God. The other thing we have to talk about is we all know that Mike Myers got the inspiration from Austin Powers' suit from Cliff Richard from this year. But, oh, my God, I swear he got the glasses, hair, and the rest of the inspiration (laughs) from this guy. Everything about this is swinging sisties. Oh my god! He even does a little bit of the awkward, you know, sort of sixties dancing at the end. Um, oh my god! It's just good old fashioned sixties fun. It is, as the kids would say, groovy, baby. <laughs> what have you given it? Um, I gave the song a five point five, performance five point five, fashion seven point five. Ah, there you go. For an 18.5 from you, I Mm -hmm. love this. He is a charming man. It is an odd song, pun totally intended. Totally relatable subject matter. Catchy tune. Uh Ruffled shirt. What more could you want in a Eurovision entry? I adore this. Straight eights from me for a 24 plus your 18.5 is a 42.5 out of 60. And Norway are starting to find their groove. Oh, no. Once again, they've been derailed by Kirsty Sparbo (laughs) in 1969. Oi, oi, oi. So glad yeg skobli. Wow, 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 how happy I'll be. She finished last. Won't be happy when she sees the scoreboard. <laughs> um, quote, one day he'll stop his womanizing ways and he'll finally love me. Oh, how happy I'll be. That's going to resonate really well with Elizabeth Allen. One point from Sweden. Let's throw over to her now. Oh, my Lord. Her lover is a cheating bastard. But it's all right, okay. One day he's totally going to stop and just love me. What the hell, girlfriend? Oh, my God. You know what? This song caused (gasps) controversy. (gasps) Not controversy, controversy, controversy. That's right. This song caused controversy Uh, back in Norway. The song was actually attacked in a live TV broadcast by a professor of literature uh, (laughs) who felt that oi, oi, oi. Or wow, wow, wow was the only good part of the <laughs> lyrics. <laughs> Everything else was so stupid and disgraceful. Um, and it's true. She seems awfully happy to be singing about a lying, cheating, bastard piece of shit. Um, like, oh, my God. Oh, that being said, I mean, she is in a one-piece sailor-inspired pantsuit. Um, you know, which the feminism of this betrays the misogynistic bullshit of the lyrics of this song. You know what? You're a woman with a career. Take your semen and move on. <laughs> you, you deserve better than this. You don't need this bullshit. I would like to go <sighs> at least two episodes in a row without you suddenly mentioning semen, if it's possible. I just want to see no. what will happen. It's not no, going to. It hasn't yet. And I'd love to say to everybody out there, I love semen. <laughs> yes, who doesn't? They they thank, protect thank you our for keeping oceans. our waterways yeah. safe. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my lord! Now nah, this guy is a bum. Make him walk the plank. You pursue your career in the navy. You don't need this piece of trash. Uh, performance five, fashion five, song zero. Ten from you. This one was actually written by Arnie Ben Dixon, who represented Norway in 1964, if you'll remember, with Spiral. It's just it just bewilders me that someone can enter Eurovision three times and end up with a total of four points. Like it just blows yeah. my mind. The outfit is very Mrs. Claus to me. <laughs> you know, like like very North Pole, and I don't like it. None of this is terrific by any stretch. It. Oh, I I didn't hate it, but it definitely misses the mark. 
I do appreciate her energy and enthusiasm. So I've given the song a three, performance a five, fashion a three for an 11, which is mm. 11 from me, 10 from you, 21 between oh, us. Oh, a lot more than I thought we Yeah, did. I know. I was a bit surprised too. 1970 came along and Norway decided we're not going to Eurovision this year. For a very good reason, actually. One of, I think it was four or five countries that sat out of the 1970 contest because they were so pissed off about the four-way tie in 1969 where we had ah. four winners before the tie break was brought in. So they mm-hmm. they weren't there, but they did come back very strongly, very proudly in 1971. Strongly might be an overstatement. Proudly, oh, definitely proudly. an overstatement. They were there with Hannah Crow with the song Lucan Air. Or happiness is. She finished 17th, which was second last. She got, and this feels weird. I love that they finished top 10 with two points and then second last with sevens from the UK and Ireland, sixes from Belgium and Monaco, <laughs> and fives from France and Portugal. It is a song about all of life's little joys. What did you think about this Sound of Music ripoff? Oh, this is not one of life's little joys. <laughs> oh my God. Look, uh, she, everything about her, like, screams, you know, forced into singing by a parent. She s- started singing at nine, released her first album at 14. What have you got to sing about at, like, 14? Uh, this whole performance, it's bloody junior Eurovision again. Um, she's wearing an 1800s little house on the prairie dress with a parasol. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why is there a parasol on the Eurovision stage? Um, uh, she points the parasol at the camera and twirls it. Wow, how original. No one's seen that before. <laughs> it's like watching a spoilt child at home forcing her family to, like, watch her perform or she'll throw a tantrum. Ah, you mean my childhood. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. In fact, my adolescence, my adulthood as well. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> even now. Um, That's right, baby. <laughs> she. She's got green leaves stuck on her dress like she has just just run through a bush trying to get away from a predator. Um, They're trying to be cutesy, but frankly, they're just being dull. I agree. I absolutely agree. The parasol is so extra. Look, she is a future Eurovision winner. She will soon win the Eurovision Song Contest, Hannah Krogh. But this is not her best work by any real stretch of the imagination. It is very precocious. It is very precocious. It is very precious child performing in front of their parents and family, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't blame Hannah for that as much as I blame the production because they were like, we've got like a 16-year-old girl. We've got to make her adorable and wholesome. Like, just let her be her. When she was her later on, nailed it, won the contest. I yeah. thought the chorus was actually annoyingly catchy because I mm. can still remember it and I watched this video two months ago. So I thought it was perfectly acceptable, but I I, I can see how it would grate a lot of people. Song 6.5, performance 4, fashion a 5 for a 15.5. What about you? Oh, I gave the song a 2, performance and fashion both got 1. <laughs> oh, the Christy Sparbo, 4 points. <laughs> <laughs> for a 19.5 between us, that is the end of our songs for this week, but it is by no means the end of our episode because it's time for Comment of the Week. Oh, yeah. Comment of the Week means Liz has gone through the best of the best, the worst of the worst, and brought it all to us from the YouTube comment section. Elizabeth, lay it on me, pretty please. Oh, yes. Well, we could really only go to 1968 and visit Odd and his stress song. Good old Odd. Um, <laughs> it seems people were either really connecting with this song or just sort of wandering past it like a train wreck going, what the? Yeah. <laughs> um, Omar Martinez Cabarera <laughs> has simply said, this melody reminds me of the Batman theme from the 60s. Oh, wow, it kind of does, doesn't it? Uh-huh. <gasps> That's why he was so stressed. <laughs> Secret life. Eurovision. <laughs> uh, Diva ESC Molotvar <laughs> has simply asked, is this a horror movie song? Maybe he predicted black metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, yeah. 
<laughs> it had to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. This could be the origins. Uh, but comment of the week, uh, it might surprise you. They get comment of the week because I actually went, ha! Because they had they came to the same opinion that I did uh, watching this film clip. So comment of the week goes to Freddy Bear 1, who simply said, and I quote, ha, 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 ha. Norwegian Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent comment of the week. I think something we Thank all picked anyway. up on, but someone had to put it into words, right? Uh-huh. We were all thinking it. We're all thinking it. Thank you so much again for tuning in to another episode. You can always, always find us on Instagram and Facebook at Doospois Podcast. Hit us up. Let us know how you feel. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of. We got a lot of suggestions a few weeks ago, last week, this mm. week, I don't know when it was, on Instagram about more content you'd like to see from us. And mm-hmm. a lot of it was like really simple stuff. It was, hey, what are your favorite runners up? What are your favorite, you know, top 10 hot, sexy men at Eurovision? Top 10 best last place entry. So we will get to all of that. We will... Mm-hmm find a way to fit it all in but we are going to get all the way through eurovision forever first even if it takes the next 10 years of our bloody lives which it kind of feels like it will can i say i'm very intrigued by the idea of the q a session i'm fascinated to know what the questions would be what do you possibly want to know about us we're very uneventful people I was going to say, there is there's literally no detail that we don't already go into exactly. graphic we're detail. Not, we're not subtle. We're not keeping anything from you. We're not shy. Yeah. Like, I've described my vagina. Yeah, a little too much. <laughs> Definitely. No such thing. Don't oppress me. No. Don't oppress me. Oh. Yes. On a side note, did you see my Instagram story today? Which one? I... I am officially certified today as an LGBTQTI ally. Great. You didn't learn the acronym, though. What? Oh, I haven't put my flag up The T goes before the Q. LGBTQI. Oh. Oh. On that note. Are we going to sing the people out? Do we even remember enough songs to sing them out? No. You know what? In respect of one Badass woman. I say we take this moment. Everybody around the world, wherever you are, no matter what you're doing, what's going on, I want you to stand, stand with us and wear your pants. <laughs> Woo! My pants. Woo! Pants, baby. Woo! Vagina in pants. Woo! I'm so glad this is an audio platform because you were moving too much of too many places around on that camera. People could feel it. I know. People could feel it. It radiated. Don't worry. People are in the ICU. (laughs) And on that note, I will see you all next Friday. (laughs) Good night. Oh, weirdo.